and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. It sadly wasn't to be for the Bears as they exited the FA Vars after a 2-1 defeat to Lincoln United in the third round. We'll get the fan view from the supporters' coach and we'll also hear from Moreland's Radio's Richard Scott on what it's like covering Congleton Town. But first, let's get the thoughts of player-manager Richard Duffy. A disappointing day. It was a long day. Uh, early start. Was the game on? Was the game off? Obviously, and then getting near the stadium, the more the more water we see, and we thought this has got no chance, you know. So, yeah, psychologically, we weren't quite there to start with, and 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 that's down to myself and Griff and and the coaching team. You know, we maybe should have done a a, a bit more work with them, you know, to to focus the minds, but. It is what it is. It wasn't a great start to the game and obviously going two behind them puts us on the back foot. How challenging can that be? Obviously, it was a long trip and like you say, this is the game going to be on? How big of a challenge is that as a player? Listen, everyone will say we, we were prepared for the game and, and we were, but there's no doubt in it, you know, get arriving to the game, you know, you're the comments of this This has got no chance of being on and, and whatever else. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know what, yeah, I think you could be right, but listen, they're grounds team and 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 everyone behind the scenes done a great job to get the game on. And you know we've played in a lot lot worse pitches over the last few years, so you know they've done a great job. And and yeah, it was just a, a disappointing result in the end after the, the slow start we had. Actually, before Saturday this season, you hadn't conceded a goal inside the opening fifteen minutes of a game. So to concede two during that period, did you know from that point that it was going to be a tough ask? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything we sort of worked on from our point of view with the ball then probably goes out the window because, you know, they're, they're just going to sit in and defend what they got and and um, they got something to hang on to. So it was always going to be difficult and uphill battle from there. But I thought, you know, I thought we built into the game well after that, up to half time with a couple of half chances. Started the second half slowly again for 10 minutes, but managed to stay in the game. Um, and I said to half time, you know, we've we got to take this game as deep as we can, you know. If that means scoring in the 85th minute to get back in the game, then so be it. Um, we have to score the next goal. We didn't have to go gung-ho from the start, which 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 I didn't want to do because I thought if we kept going the way we were going for the 20 minutes before half time, then, you know, we'd have a chance of getting back in the game and, and, and so be it. I think it was 60, 65 minutes maybe we, we, we got the equaliser. Um, and that gave us more than enough time to, to go on and create more chances and get, get you equaliser, but it wasn't to be. When you do go two goals down, does that change your game plan at that point? Was it a case of, well, we've only played 15 minutes. We believe this was the best approach at the start and we've still got 75 plus minutes to, to do that. Is it just a case of needing to be patient or what, what's kind of thinking at that point? You have to be patient then because they, they go and sit in their slots, they go in deep and, you know, there's no room for us to run in behind that we like doing, away from home especially. And it become more of a home game for us where teams come to us, sit in their slot, we've got to break them down, we've got to be re- really patient for us. That's the way I've seen it then, especially at half-time that they're going to sit in, try and hit us on the counter-attack. We had to be brave and go man for man at the back when when we needed to. Not too early where where we're going to throw up chances for them to go 3-0 up and obviously kill the game. We had to take risks in the right areas. And I thought we did that second half. I thought we were really good, uh, really brave on the ball. I asked, I asked us to be braver second half at half time, uh, to be brave and play passes, which are a little bit risky, should I say. Um, but that's, that's the way we were going to get back into the game. And if you look back at the goal, I thought it was a fantastic goal. We scored some really good play, good passing, good movement, and a, a lovely finish by Max. And yeah, we, we just didn't, 
you know, we had a couple of half chances, you know, on another day we get the equaliser, but didn't quite keep the pressure on enough for them to sort of wilt, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And there were chances, like as you mentioned, Carl Dickerson's shot went just by the post. I think another shot might have kind of clipped the outside of the post. And then Dave Parton, his chance at the very end. You must have actually had quite a good view of it from where you were standing, I would imagine. Was there kind of a moment when it was in the air that you thought, this is it? Yeah, you're right. That had a good view. We, the bench was literally right on line with him as he's headed it. And if it is the target, it probably goes in. Uh, that's that's all I can say on that, really. I mean, you know, Dave says to me he should go up for more. He's, he always seems to get himself on the end of them. So let's hope we don't have to go up for, for many more this season, which means we won't be chasing the result, you know. So on another day, it goes in and, and then, you know, we might go to penalties. He might be the hero there. And it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Disappointment. And there was a cup competition we wanted to do well in. And yeah, we we, we failed in the day, but plenty of positives to take out, out of it. And, and we'll, we'll go with them. A lot of managers say that actually it's where you learn the most about your team when you are on the end of a defeat. So from your perspective, what were the positives that you can now take away? Positives are staying in the game. You know, when you go 2-0 down so early, it's quite easy to psychologically feel sorry for yourselves and start doing things that we don't normally do. And that's why I was pleased with half-time that we stayed in the game. And the best thing for us at half-time was it was still 2-0. You know, we went 2-0 down and I... I was itching my feet on the side. Do I need to change it because we're giving up too many chances, or we we were struggling with with the way they were playing? And but we stuck with with what we were. And I thought we had some really good individual performances out there, and it, we just didn't click as a team for large parts of the games. I thought Pete kept us in the game first half by his by his bravery of getting on the ball, and I thought second half he was terrific again. And yeah, on on the, you know George has that one on one where keeper come out and smothered it. Danny had half a chance. Listen, lots of chances that we created, but away from home, ultimately, you know, we we can't afford to start games like we did. And, and we'll learn from that. And that's the positive for me that this group will learn from their mistakes and hopefully take that on board and, and, and go with that till the end of the season. And the Lincoln manager spoke after the game and said it was a really competitive step five game. And actually he said this tie would be worthy of being later on in the competition. Obviously, nobody wants to go out of a cup competition, but when it does happen, as a manager, is that all you can ask for? Your players leaving everything out there and actually pushing the opponents all the way in a competitive game? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, we left it all out there. We had, we had a good go in the end. They obviously started the game really well and, and we were up Bill battle ever since. We were chasing the game and, you know, they, they had goals to play with and time to play with. And ultimately, we couldn't find that equaliser in, in the amount of time we had. But, yeah, for the neutral watching, I'm guessing it was some good stuff played. It was, it was some good, good goals scored. But, yeah, if we go out, it doesn't matter who we go out to. And if we deserve to lose a game, that's, that's fine with me. And, and overall, did we deserve to lose a game? Maybe, maybe not. It's probably a 50-50 game. But ultimately, we did. And, and, we, and we suffered suffered with the start we, we started with. There does seem to be a general feeling amongst the fans that, of course, it would have been nice to have that cup run. But actually, their league and aiming for promotion seems to be a bigger focus. Is that the mindset of you and the team now, too? No, it is, yeah. No, it is. No, no without our FA Cup, should we say. That's no excuse for going out. It's not a thing of, oh, we you know, we weren't too bothered. They can't just concentrate on the league. That's that's not how it is. We wanted to win the game and we wanted to progress in the competition and, and have a run like we did last year. But it wasn't to be. Now we're out with that competition. We're, we're still in three competitions, the League Cup and the, the Cheshire Cup and, the, and obviously the league. So 
Um, that's the three competitions we'll we'll be we'll be focusing on. And for me, it's important to stay in the cup with such a small league this year. It gives us some more midweek games, and you know that for us that's that's important. We we like to to keep momentum and when we haven't got games I feel we we find it hard to get going again and that's why I felt that a big loss going into Saturday that we didn't have a game leading into the, the game against Lincoln which I felt you know really we suffered with that early doors so the more games we got for us I feel the better. And sadly, this weekend's game has been called off because Tiverdale, their FA Vars game has been re- rearranged for this Saturday. And I was going to say about bouncing back, I'm sure you and the players would have been eager to get back playing again this week. So I guess next weekend now can't come quick enough for you and the team. Yeah, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to have a game this week, Saturday, Tuesday, whatever it would have been, just, just to get going again. Because as I say, I feel we suffer with time off, shall I say. We'll train as hard as we can and do stuff in training to prepare, but nothing prepares you right without a game, you know. So we'll do as much as we can and hopefully then we'll be we'll be ready to go for the 23rd. And finally, do you have a message for the fans who are at Lincoln on Saturday? Many fans went on the bus. Have you got a message for the fans you'd like to share? Yeah, a big thank you again, obviously, turning out on their numbers. It wasn't around the corner, should I say. It was a, a good journey. Turned out on our numbers again and, and supported us right to the end. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, they clap us off the pitch and they know that we'll go out and no one means to lose a game of football. We'll go out and give our all to, to try and win the game and, and they appreciate that. That was Richard Duffy speaking after the FA Vars defeat. As you heard, this weekend's league game at Tiverdale has been postponed, so the men's first team will next play on Saturday the 23rd of December at home to Stourport Swifts. That means that the game at Lincoln was Congleton's final away day of 2023. Max Wrench has been sharing his fan away days throughout the season so far, and this time he joined the Bears fans on the supporters' coach to Lincoln. Seems like it's been ages since the last away game that we had. I think it was Highgate about over a month ago or so now, which obviously didn't end too well. But hopefully we can turn it around today in a game that I've really been looking forward to, to be honest with you. Obviously, I don't know too much about our opponents today, Lincoln. I can only really go off what I've seen online and what, what I've seen it looks quite impressive to be honest with you I think they're second in their league seem to score quite a few goals and concede very little so it could be a tough one but at the same time they'll probably be looking at us similarly you know we're, we're top of our league so they won't be looking at us as an easy test but yeah today should be good I love the FA Vars it's my favourite competition that we play and it always has been you know that that kind of dream of getting to to Wembley and even the the journey there if you like so much fun involved look at last season especially some of my favourite memories from last season were in the Vars so yeah it is my favourite competition I've been looking forward to this one and it's something a bit different for us today actually we're heading up on the uh, the bus the supporters bus going up which I, I haven't done for years we, we've driven a lot kind of recently in the games where there has been a bus and I've not been on one for years but it always used to be some of my favourite moments of going and watching town the the cup runs when I was younger you know that possibility of getting a bus somewhere always used to really excite me for some reason it was often up to like Newcastle where I remember kind of Whitley Bay, Newcastle, Benfield, Jarrow, teams like that in kind of recent-ish history. And more often than not, we'd, we'd lose, but I used to love it just for that that day out on the bus, if you like. So, yeah, that should be really good. It's about half nine at the minute, and kind of weather-wise, I've not seen anything on their Twitter or anything signaling there's going to be a pitch inspection or anything like that. So I guess no news is kind of good news for now, but we'll have to wait and see. Regardless, I'm going to... Get up, get out ready and uh, head to Tesco shortly to get a few bits for the for the journey, some beers or, 
or whatnot. So, yeah, uh, fingers crossed that we continue getting no news the game's on and, uh, yeah, potentially get some thoughts from the bus shortly. On the bus now, probably about halfway down or so to Lincoln. Uh, had good confirmation that the game's on, which is nice, and the weather is looking a lot better now. Clear skies, not raining everything. Got Grandad with us on the bus here. He's going to give us some thoughts. Yeah, well, we're um, we're just gone over the M1. Uh, the weather's sort of clearing up a little bit now. It's uh, giving out a storm warning for this afternoon, but. Uh, Exciting times, the FA Vars, it's come around again quickly. I think we're in the last 64. It's, uh, historically, we've done very well over the last few years. Obviously getting to the uh, semi-final and the heartbreak are missing out. Hopefully this year we can go uh, one further, but uh, this is another step. We're off, to, uh, we're off to Lincoln United. We have played them years ago in the Unibond League. Uh, from my memory is it's quite a nice setup there. And uh, we did actually beat them. Uh, I remember us scoring seven goals against them. They were near the top of the league and we were near the bottom. Ever hopeful. Hope the team have travelled well. It's uh, just coming up to one o'clock. I think it's the best part of three hours this trip. Um, so uh, we're in the supporters' bus. We're not full, but uh, we're in a good mood going down there. So ever hopeful. Hope the players do well. And uh, Max will keep you up to date how we're getting on. Pitch looks heavy, as you'd expect, really, after the weather and everything like that. Just glad the game's on. Team lineups looking strong. What you'd expect in this game? Oh, yeah, it's a nice enough setup here. They've got good coverage, good stand, everything like that. Uh, seems like a nice little ground. So, yeah, hopefully, we can uh, play well in the first half and get in front. Half time here in Lincoln, and we're 2 uh, 0 we're down. Um, it's, it's difficult to know what to say after that half, to be honest. I think they've kind of had two chances and scored two goals. Whether Dave might be a little bit disappointed they've gone in, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I guess that's just the way it is. Um, they, they both scored early, probably just after 10 minutes. They were 2-0 up, and since then we've been massively on top. Majority of the ball, controlling the possession, but without really creating anything of note. We've had a few corners, set pieces, not really resulting in anything. I think... Although the scoreline, I'm, I'm not completely down and out for the second half because we are not playing badly. It's just they've taken their chances. You know, they're clearly a good side, a structured side. I think the, this win's picking up now could be our only issue because it was in our favour, if you like, first half. But they'll have it second half. So whether that could cause a few problems for us, we'll have to wait and see. But alternatively, it could also hold up balls that you know their defence might drop back for so we can pick up them. So have to wait and see but yeah not ideal at half time but hopefully in a second half we can start to try and turn it around full time here in Lincoln and we've lost 2-1 got it really because we didn't particularly deserve to lose the game I don't think from minute 15 onwards we were by far the better team kept by far the majority of the ball just couldn't quite find enough to get back what we'd kind of lost in the first 15 which is really disappointed performance wise I, I really can't falter it especially second half we we had all the ball trying to do the right things with it just not you know whether it be a final ball or a finish just not quite finding it 
which can happen. Uh, you know, they've defended obviously well for the second half, which is what they set out to do. We scored a really good goal. Uh, the goal that we did score was, was a brilliant goal, nice team goal, well finished by Max. But from then onwards, we kept trying, just not quite finding anything. A couple of chances, even Dave had a header at the end, which was just over. But yeah, one of those days. Uh, back on the bus now, just waiting for it to set off. So, fair journey back. Might try and get some sleep now, to be honest with you. But yeah, one of them. Pretty upset, pretty gutted, but at least we're still doing well in the league. We'll go again with that, and hopefully we can get get promoted at the end of the season, but we'll have to wait and see on that for now. Back home about a quarter to eight-ish or so, after not a bad journey back down on the bus, to be fair. Um, not caught too much traffic or anything like that, so pretty seamless. And it was all right being on the bus, to be fair. We, um, we all played a few games to try and distract ourselves from feeling too down and yeah made a made a nice change like I said it'd been a while since I'd done it so it was quite cool obviously still a bit disappointed after the the result today but at the same time not in the performance and I think that's what we've got to take from the game I thought to be fair we, we played really well uh, and for 80 minutes we we're by far the better team and controlled the game completely just couldn't quite find that equaliser unfortunately but we've got to you know take pride in the performance and hopefully that carries on in the league which you know we can put a full focus onto now I know obviously we're still in a couple of other cups but I think full focus has has to go into the league and it rightly should you know I think this is our best chance in quite a few years now at getting promoted um, obviously not went to count chickens before the action or that but the position that we're actually in is a very positive one and one that we can look on with pride at the moment you know we're there to be shot down which hasn't happened for for a hell of a long time. I don't remember being in this kind of position for a good while. So, yeah, we can look on that with pride and not worry too much about today. Although, yeah, as far as it would have been nice to progress, especially after what happened last year. But, yeah, just one of them today. But the bus was fun. I enjoyed that. So cheers for the club, whoever puts that on. That was all good. And I'll uh, see you all in the next one. Cheers. Thanks to Max for sharing his fan away day with us. Next, we'll hear from Moreland's Radio's Richard Scott. Also at Lincoln was Richard Scott. He's known across the local non-league scene through his reporting and commentary on Moreland's Radio. He's a regular visitor to the Cleric Stadium and shares what it's like covering the Bears. First of all, welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. Thanks, Adam. And so I've been saying to you for a while, uh, I'll come on, you know, give you my insight. I was saying to me, girlfriend, I was like, oh, I'm doing the Cognitive Town podcast tonight. I was like, I've been saying for a while. And she's like, oh, they finally got bored of you asking. Uh, so they got you on. I was like, yeah, probably have. <laughs> Keep me quiet about asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have you on and to speak to you. You do a, an amazing stuff for non-league football. And you obviously have been following Cognitive Town for a few years now through Moreland's radio. So we'll start with Saturday because you, you were there at Lincoln United covering the game for Moreland's radio. What were your reflections on the match? It was a tough one to take, you know, Adam. They, you look on paper, yes, they lost 2-1 and they went 2-0 down 14 minutes into the game. And I think I said to you on social media, they they gave Lincoln a 2-0 head start and you don't do that away from him. A very good side like Lincoln and expect to win. But once they got to grips with it, and I think I think the pitch played a big part in it. It was heavy. You know, credit to the volunteers, and I said this to Richard Duffy after the game about it, putting praise on them because 
it was such a horrible weather conditions in the morning when we woke up. And I can imagine Lincoln had the same. But they got to grips with it 20 minutes in. For the rest of the game, they were the better side. And I think if it had been nil-nil at that point, there would have been one winner. And that was the visitors from Cheshire. Max McCarthy got his goal on 65 minutes. And it was a lovely team goal. Uh, Needham played. I think Needham running towards goal. And I don't know whether he lost control of the ball and it bounced through to McCarthy or whether he passed it on to McCarthy. But McCarthy got it and just slotted it home beyond Jake Steggles, the Lincoln goalkeeper. And they were back in it. And you thought maybe there's a chance for an equaliser. There was Carl Dickinson had a free kick and... Dicko normally scores his free kicks. Uh, George Sankey had a chance when maybe he should have pulled the trigger a bit earlier than taking a touch to steady himself. Danny Cox had a chance, but the one right at the end, and I think this will haunt uh, people, and there's a few got misses that have haunted Congleton Foker, unfortunately, over the last couple of seasons. I know I talked to Adam Gosling a lot, and he says the foul goal keeps him awake at night. Uh, Tom Pope's miss against Newport Pagnod, that keeps him awake and that keeps me awake at night and I'm not even really connected to Congleton. I just cover them. But Dave Parton, the corner come in from uh, Needham in the 95th minute and bear in mind the referee had only signalled for four minutes. So we were in added time of added time. Corner comes in, Darren Chadwick headed it across the uh, box and it fell to Dave Parton and he just thought, it's, he got his head on it, he thought, this is going in. But it was about a millimetre over the bar. And with that, Congleton's FA Vars dreams went. But had he scored, what, I mean, what would have happened? Because Lincoln were taking off their penalty takers one by one because they were worried Congleton were going to equalise. So Cotton, who scored the first goal, a lovely goal, he come off. Uh, Liversidge come off as well, who scored the second goal. I think the strike partner for uh, Cotton came off as well. So they were slowly bringing players off and we all know Dave Parton's record at saving penalties. I don't need to remind you of them, but you know he would have pulled them off. I have no doubt that Congleton would have won the penalty shootout, mainly because their tails were up from coming back into the game so late on. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been very interesting to see how Dave Parton, if he had scored, could bring his kind of emotions back down. Yeah. But it wasn't to be for the Bears, sadly. But Richard, do you get a sense that for Congleton, yes, obviously they would have liked a cup run, but do you get a sense from from covering the Bears that actually it's the league that is the priority for, for the Bears this season? I don't know. It's a tough one because you ask Richard Duffy and he will say, I want to win every game. He wants to win the training game. So do the players. The, the players want to win everything. If in, what, six months' time we're sat here and we're talking about Congleton Town winning promotion and winning the league, then yeah, fantastic, you know, and People won't remember going to Lincoln United on a cold, windy, rainy December day. They will remember that day in April or May or whenever it comes, them lifting the title and all the celebrations that go with it. But a nice run to the FA Vars would have been a nice way to have ended the season, regardless of what have hap- what would happen. They should have done it last year, and I think had they beaten Lincoln, I mean, you never know what happens in football because it's not played on paper, it's played on grass or on an artificial pitch these days. But I think they would have gone to South Liverpool or Asheville and would have won there. And then the draws starting to open up because other teams who might have been favourites were slow, might have been dropping out. But as it is, Congleton probably were one of the favourites or would be up there. And they're out of the competition. But I think if they can win the league and have a good run in the League Cup, maybe win that because that is played at Warsaw FC's Bescott Stadium, I believe. Get there and maybe even retain the Cheshire Senior Cup or at least 
give it a good go because they've got Witt and Albion in the next round. I think that would be marked as a successful season for the Bears. And Congleton are a close-knit squad. We've heard that again on the podcast by the players and I guess from, from your involvement in terms of when you spent a lot of time down the Clarence Stadium, you would probably have got, got that sense in the way that players yeah. speak to you about it. You were actually on the team bus. What was the atmosphere like? Obviously, there was disappointment, but actually it's one of those where Congleton do always seem to bounce back from this disappointment. So what, what was the atmosphere like back on the team bus? Yeah, I think it was, like you say, it was disappointment, but it was, it's one of them, you know, we go again, it's, it's a phrase I hate saying, because yet yeah, you do go again, but that is literally the case, that it wasn't the end of the world, and they will use that disappointment to their advantage, really, and I mean, Tividale's being called off this Saturday because they've got their FA Vars game, so it's Stalport Swiss now on the 23rd of December, uh, which is home tie, and they've got something to look forward to, and, you know, get back, get three points, uh, in the bag again, get in the league and be top at Christmas of the Midlands Football League. I think, you know, it'd be a happy place. And I've no doubt that the Congleton dressing room will be a happy place. No, absolutely. They've got a lot to celebrate and be proud of so far this season and in the entire year, that's for sure. Mm. So let's talk about, Richard, your time following yeah. the, the Bears. Am I right in thinking that you first game came down to Congleton Town during pre-season in 2019? What were your kind of first impressions of the club? I was actually doing the press as well for Kidsgrove Athletic as well as doing the uh, radio for Morelands Radio and Kidsgrove played Congleton in a pre-season friendly which finished 2-2 and I was actually really, really impressed with Congleton. They had Brian Pritchard who's quite a well-known non-league manager or he certainly was in back then uh, managing the Bears and I thought they could go on to have a really good season but I can't even really remember what happened that season but they had a striker up top called Saul Henderson who scored two goals and I know a few Kidsgrove fans have since always gone on about Saul Henderson and saying how's he not played at higher level and he was turning out I think last I saw for Earlham in the Northwest Counties Premier so it left a good impression the ground it, it hasn't changed at all since then but what is great to see is you know there's still friendly people who were there back then and volunteering working hard for the club are still there trying to make Congleton Town Football Club the best it can be and striving to do so. And in those four and a half years since, you've been obviously to countless games. How have you seen the club grow and develop in that time? I guess one of the most obvious things would be the, the spectators and the attendances yeah. that Congleton now get. But how have you seen the club to develop both kind of on and off the pitch during those four and a half years since you first came down? Richard Duffy is a manager who we highly rate at Morelands Radio and yeah, we've and the sports team think he will go far in the game and I'd love it to be with Congleton but you know maybe one day he could be managing in the football league that's how highly I rate him certainly and I think he's brought a sense of professionalism to it and you see it with some of the players and the talents of some of the players the likes of George Sankey Dan Needham who I absolutely rate and I think they're probably the best Two players I know, I'm no doubt going to get Darren Chadwick or Peter Williams saying to me next time I'm down, you know, oh, they're not the best players, but no, I've, there is a really good squad and I think that plays a big part. And the attendances as well, you know, I think it was, I did a Northwest Counties Premier game, 2021 it was for Morelands Radio, Congleton versus Runcorn Town, and I don't think the attendance was much over 200. Now, if they're not getting 500, you feel disappointed for them because... That is what they're getting, and it's credit to him because you look around the our other local clubs in North Staffordshire who we cover. There's only Leek, probably, and Buxton, obviously, who are in the National League North. 
who get higher attendances. And this is Congleton Town, who were in a league that isn't traditionally well supported. I mean, this is something else. I was talking to Adam Gosling the other week, and we're, we're looking at the attendances. Some teams aren't even getting 100 in this league. Some, some even don't even get 50, which is such a shame. But the attendances for Congleton, and it does help having the Vars run last season, and what an amazing season that was. You don't need me to tell you all about it. Everyone knows what's gone on. But it's true, it, a good cup run, or a good couple of cup runs in Congleton's case, does help bring the uh, your attendances up and... The more successful a team is, the more attendance, the bigger the attendances get. No one wants to be associated with uh, a losing team. Everyone wants to go and watch the winners, and it probably is true with you know my coverage when I'm with Moreland Radio. You know, last season I spent quite a bit covering Hanley, and then towards the end I was covering Congleton because they were having FA Vars runs. They had the Macron Cup final, but it's where the story is, and everyone wants to be part of that story and say if Congleton had beaten Newport Pagnell, everyone would have said. I was there when Congleton got to Wembley and when they marched down the uh, down Wembley way, they'd have all wanted to have said we were part of that support at Wembley cheering the Bears on. Absolutely. And you've mentioned last season, a very, very special season for everybody involved in the club. What are your some of your standout memories from covering the Bears last season? How do you reflect on it? I mean, I didn't do loads of games. I probably did about a handful but I always remember, I mean, it's probably a game that gets overlooked, but they went to Nantwich Town, who were two divisions above them in the FA Cup, right at the start of the season, it was the start of September, and won 2-0, and really played Nantwich off the park, and this was a Nantwich side who were a good side, but got relegated last year. But everyone seems to forget about that game, but I remember them playing AFC Fylde on the uh, BBC iPlayer. I were at that game, I did Hanley Chester, but we had a reporter there, Ian Corbishley, who normally does our commentaries, and he's a Congleton resident as well, so he was pleased to certainly be there. Covering. And I just remember feeling disappointment for Congleton when filed equal. That's even though it was still a great achievement to have taken them to a replay, so that was fantastic. But my really favourite moment, it has to be the Macron Cup final. It was played at the place where I grew up watching non-league football, which is Chorley's Victory Park. You could probably tell from my accent, I'm a Lancashire lad. I love going watching Chorley and you know it was nice to be able to take the Moreland Radio podcast up there and do a game from there I mean it was actually my second one because Leek played Chorley in the FA Trophy earlier that year so I was pleased to have gone up there but also it was nice to because a few Chorley fans had come and watched Congleton in, in that game allowed them to see and experience what a very talented Congleton squad was and see them go on and claim their second cup and it was such a yeah, a fantastic moment beating Bakeup Borough on penalties. You know, Bakeup equalised in the 90th minute with a worldy of a strike, which I think Toby Wright, if he tries it a million more times, he'll never score against Dave Parton like that. That's how good of a strike it was. To then go and win it on penalties like that was fantastic. And, you know, the podcast that I put together with the sports team at Morlands Radio, you know, it got so many great reviews from uh, Congleton fans, from people involved in the club and you know we had someone from the Northwest Counties League on Gary Langley he shared it and you know we got some really good rave reviews off the league as well so it was nice from a, a professional point of view to have got that but even like beating uh, Berry in on penalties that was fantastic we did commentary on the penalty shootout myself and Ian Corbishley because he was with me again and you know it was just fantastic just to see the pride and joy of the likes of Richard Duffy who'd worked hard all week the players 
Chris Rowley, the uh, director of football, Charles Porter, the chairman. You know, there's so many people who you could name. They were just so proud of what they'd done. And even going back to Wolf Runions in the uh, previous round, I remember Richard Duffy getting sent off right on half-time and thinking afterwards, and I said to Simon Humphreys, who come down for the game as well, goes, now, do we interview Richard on the basis he's only we really seen 45 minutes because he had to stay in the dressing room? Or do we just go for Anthony Griffiths? He's like, no, we'll speak to Richard Duffy. And Rich came out and credit to Emmy did himself. I think their local radio station down in Wolverhampton, they spoke to him. Obviously, I spoke to him. The club spoke to him. And he was getting the same question every time. Let's talk about that red card. You know, that red card, what happens? And I said to him, I said, Rich, tell me about the red card. And he goes, you know, I went for the ball. I missed the ball. I timed it wrong. And I got the man. And he said, I deserve to be sent off. And you're not going to get many players coming off in the heat of a battle like that, and especially as managers while having to front up and do a live interview like that, what, 15 minutes after a big FA Vars game and say, I, yeah, and be honest. And I think that is what will stand Richard in good stead going forward is his honesty in uh, when he does his interviews. And if he's like that all the time, and I've got no reason to doubt that he's not honest like that all the time, it will get him far in the game. What are some of these big games and cup finals? What are they like to cover as a reporter and a commentator? Oh, the, the hard, you know, I mean, I'm a young reporter, you know, we've got people at Morlands Radio who've been covering football right across the board for 40 odd years. Other people have been involved as club chairman. But what I always think is, I'm not a fan, but I do still get nervous, mainly because I want the, our local teams to do well. You know, there's nothing better than when Congleton Town beat Berry on penalties and Lewis Short scored the winning penalty. The feeling of emotion from the supporters around you was fantastic. You feel it, you know, Richard Duffy's elated because no one really gave Congleton much of a hope against Berry. I think Berry were probably the favourites to win that game. But no, and no one gave them that hope. But they went and did it and they did it so well. The Newport Pagnell game, I said before, Tom Pope gives me uh, sleepless nights for missing that header. You know, and we interviewed Russell Watson, the uh, famous opera singer. He's a Congleton fan. We interviewed him after the game and he said... If that game was going on for five more minutes or we had extra time, Congleton would have won that because Newport were dead on their feet. And you feel that, you know, I do get nervous. Some don't. But, you know, you just want our local teams to do well. But it's it's more of the f enjoyment of doing them. And also, it's a privilege to be allowed to go to these games. You know, I hope to any Congleton fans who has listened to our commentaries and coverage that they can't make the games, that we do that. And we represent the club and how the supporters feel in the right way. I'm sure Congleton fans would certainly agree that you definitely do. And obviously, it's not like the Premier League or the Football League where there's lots of information out there about the different clubs and players. So what sort of prep do you have to do before each game? There's all sorts we do. I mean, what I like to do is I have a notebook, an A4 notebook, and I write out, say, like the headline of the game. So what I sit down and go, right, what is the story of this game? So, you know, an FA Vars game, you know, Congleton are... FA Vars in the FA Vars semi-final let's say this is how it could play out what the money they could get when the next round is who they could potentially be facing and then I look at like the, the results over the season so like how many games they played how many wins draws losses and do it for the opposition of course goals as well and then I have the top goal scorers in a column a couple of columns so obviously one for the home team one for the away team and then, of course, the big bit, which is space for team news. And then, so I write out the last game they play, the lineup for it, and then a bit of space just so I can scribble in uh, when I get the team sheet saying 
the Hoover changes are. So I know them off the top of my head. So as soon as they come to me and go, right, we're going over to Richard Scott for his preview, I can say it straight away with confidence and I know that I'm right. And then I have a bit of space at the bottom if I get a chance. For any of the big milestones, you know, the players going to break a milestone, say he scores 100, his 100th goal or it's it's 200th appearance, which is pretty important, you know. I think that needs to be mentioned, so I'll always try and find that out. It's hard, though, because the Premier League, as you say, is well-sourced for information. The Midlands Football League, I can tell you, is not, and, you know, it's tough. And then we also have different things. So I'll listen to this podcast, you know, when I can, especially if I haven't been to a game for a while, just to see what Duff's is... Uh, saying and other people are saying about the club and just get a feel for it we have a guy at Morlands Radio called Dave String and he will kill me if I don't mention him he's well sourced on football he creates a fact file for every club up and down the country or clubs he knows he's going to need to cover and that just covers basics like previous history previous leagues they've been in records and then he tries where he can and he does a fantastic job he has another document which lists the profiles of every player and it's, you know, previous clubs, anything information. So, you know, the players played internationally, played professionally. And then it just helps just to bring the picture together of what's going on. But then also, you know, it's not just Congleton. I like to try and do a well-versed reported coverage or commentary and, you know, what their opposition is saying. So I'll check their website, local media, if I can find anything, just to see what they're saying, because it's important to tell their side, because sometimes especially with the power of the internet, you might get their fans listening in to the commentary and they're going to want to know what we think of them. And also, we're all essentially telling Congleton fans a bit more, or whoever we're covering, a bit more about the, our, their opposition and who they're coming up against. Obviously, when you're commentating at Congleton, your position is actually right in the main stand. So what's that like? Literally sat as a spectator within the fans. And I imagine there's all sorts of shouts, but I guess you're right in the thick of it all. So what's kind of that like commentating within the stand at Congleton Town? Oh, it's great. We love it at uh, Morelands Radio. Tony Wally, our sports editor, he loves going down to Congleton because, as you say, you're right in it. And some of the... uh, witty remarks you get coming from supporters is great. It's all clean, especially to the uh, to the match officials. You know, there's no malice in it. You know, it's just jokey comments that amuse us. And any fans who are part of making these comments, long may they continue and keep bringing them because we love hearing them. And, you know, it adds to the commentary. It does make it more entertaining. And I hope for the listeners, if they're listening in, you know, it makes it sound more enjoyable. You know, we're not just sat in a, a box somewhere you know, and you could think we're just watching it off our TV monitors, you know, you feel that you're actually there at the game. And of course, then you're right next to the pitch almost. You can reach out and touch the uh, players who've got to watch the equipment for flying footballs. Although, Congleton played, I think it might have been Wolf Reunions, and he lapped up on the corner of the press bench. And the support, I don't know his name, but I see him every, every game and we always have a joke and a laugh. He went to go and get a brew and he put his hand on the uh, press table Turned to get down, set my laptop flying. So I was like, no, my laptop. Looked up, George Sankey's putting the ball in the back of the net for 1-1. And you're like, ah, what do I do? Like, my laptop's on the floor, George Sankey's scoring. It was all kicking off, but it was good fun. And thankfully, my laptop survived. You obviously talk and speak with so much passion about non-league football, you're a Chorley fan, as you, as you mentioned, and you also cover many other non-league clubs across the area. What is it that you enjoy about non-league football? I think we're supporters 
not a customer if you go watch non-league football. And that's what my mum's always said. She's never really watched non-league football. But you feel you're more, you're not just a number, you're an actual person. You can finish a game. I mean, I'm, as I say, I'm a Chorley fan. My Chorley hero was a guy called Jamie Vermiglio, and he's now chairman. He was manager during that FA Cup run. He was club captain when I started. You know, I could go in the bar after a game. I could go talk to him. I could go talk to the goalkeeper, Phil Priestley. I could go talk to Adam Roscoe, the uh, the striker, Peter Williams, who I think had a spell with Congleton, if not certainly Steve Foster. Then he was another like You can go and speak to him. You go to the Premier League, full-time whistle goes, and unless you pay big, big, big money, and it's money I will never have, in my bank account, even if I live to them in a million. Full-time whistle, you turn one way, they'll turn the other way, and you won't see them or be able to interact with them potentially until next week, whereas non-league football, you can do that. And also, your ability just to move around the ground, you know, you can watch football from different angles, and I just find non-league football is a lot more cheaper, and I would encourage anyone who wants to make the move from Premier League to non-league, Go for it because so many more people are doing it. And I think we will see as the cost of living crisis continues, VAR in the Premier League, I think we will see more and more people turning away from the Premier League to go and watch our local non-league sides. So what do you enjoy most about coming down to the Cleric Stadium? It's the double bacon cheeseburger. That is the best part of going watching Congleton. No, it's it's the I think it's the inclusiveness of uh, coming down watching Congleton Town. You know, there's so many good people. You know, Chris I've mentioned, Richard Duffy's always great to talk to. You know, we'll we'll be there setting up and he'll be coming out. He might be talking to a player or the chairman or the opposition and he will come over, shake our hands, say hello. Players are the same, though like Darren Chadwick, who we've known for quite a few years, Ethan Hartson, uh, Dave Parton. His dad, Mark, are great. People like Adam Gosling, uh, Kitman, and he does everything for the club. And, you know, they're such great guys, all of them. And, you know, it's fantastic. And I think that is the reason why I love going to Congleton. I love going to all of our local non-league football clubs because they're all like that. But I do love going to Congleton. Before I let you go, obviously, followers of Congleton Town on X may have seen the club account. We'll often post you and a supermarket delivery. Um, so what's the story <laughs> behind that? I actually don't know, so I, I'm intrigued by this. Right, OK. So back in July of this year, I was doing my online shopping. Uh, I couldn't be bothered walking to uh, Tesco's, you know, the uh, body of an athlete that I am. You know, I thought I'll have a, uh, a rest day. So I was doing my online shopping. I think I'd been away on holiday. I was coming back and I was like, right, I need to do my online shopping. So I was doing it. I was on the phone to my mum at the same time, who still lives in Chorley. So I'd ordered it, put it all through, paid the lot. It was due to arrive Saturday. I'd been to Stafford Rangers versus Leak Town in a pre-season friendly. Got home, had everything ready to go, collect my shopping, bring it from the door, bring it upstairs. About half nine, I get a phone call off my mum. I'm like, ah, oh, strange. My mum's ringing me. What's gone on? Because half nine at night, it's something serious has happened. And she goes, Richard, have you done an online shop? And I goes, yeah, I was on the phone to you when I was doing it. Well, it's turned up here, which is Lancashire. I live in Staffordshire. I was like, oh, my God. I checked my uh, email. The postcode of where he's delivering it was my Chorley one. So I was like, what am I going to do? And my mum was like, right, we've taken it in. Anything that's non-perishable, because I was going up a couple of weeks later anyway. Anything like, because I think I'd order like oven cleaner, cereal, some freezer stuff that they could keep in the freezer. You can have when you come up, the rest will keep. Do another shop, get it up, make sure you put the right address in and get it sent down. So I did that, got it. But I thought, you know what? 
I'll put it on social media. You know, we're you know a lot of stuffs going on. You know, and people are you know having a bit of a bad time at it. I'll give them something to smile about. You know, because it is quite a funny story. And I thought, oh, it'll die down. You know, I've got a few things on Facebook saying, you idiot, Richard, and all this, that, and the other. I didn't think it would last this long, but Adam Gosling, to his credit, every time I mention, he puts in the Asda mention. I will actually correct him. It, is, it was Tesco, it's not Asda. But that's by the Bible. It is hilarious. And I hope people will enjoy finding that as funny as much as I do. And I'm sure Adam finds it funny and, you know, loves it. And, yeah, that's the story of it. <laughs> I was half expecting you to say you had it delivered to the Cleric Stadium. And of course, other supermarkets are available. So how can supporters who are not at a game uh, follow the Moreland's radio coverage? Yeah, so first and foremost, we're a radio station, so we're on radio. So we are on the Saturday Sports Show on Moreland's radio from 2pm. We're in association with League Building Society. So we're on 97.3 FM, 103.7 FM. DAB, on, we've got an app that you can download. You can uh, find us on the website, which is morelandsradio.co.uk, and you can ask your smart speaker to play Morelands Radio, and you will find us there. We do have commentary from Leak Town when they're playing because they're our main club because we're based in Leak. The studios are based in Leak. But the way our system is set up, which is our DAB, is we're Leak and Congleton. So Congleton actually are our second team to cover so you can find us that way we're on social media so twitter at moreland sports one facebook moreland's radio sport uh, instagram moreland's radio sport we've got a youtube account where we post videos of our interviews so if you missed the interviews during the show if you're at the game or whatever you can go back and watch them there so like saturday's interview with rich duffy is on there it's also on facebook and if you want to follow me and uh, give me pelters for me uh as they're uh, shopping, I'm on Twitter or X as it's called at Rich Scott Media. And yeah, if anyone wants to talk about Congleton then f- or anything about non-league football, fire us a message over, and you know we can have a chat about it. I love talking about non-league football. I think it's the best uh, side of the game. I've been saying it for years. Uh, when I was at high school, I used to get pelters and lots of pelters from me Mexican. Oh, it's rubbish! It's rubbish. Five, ten years down the line, I look on social media. They're the ones who are at the game. Now, we were saying it was rubbish 10 years ago. So, yeah. But, you know, I love non-league football. And, you know, I try and publish any news that any of our local clubs are doing. So, if Congleton was, have got something going on, I'll make sure I'll, at least someone's talking about it. Because that's the worst thing is no one talking about you. And if someone's talking about you, then the word gets out. And if I don't, if I don't have a chance to actually write out a tweet, I will retweet the clubs just to them, you know, hopefully... People are a bit more aware and, you know, I'll try and talk about what we're doing at Moreland's Radio. But, you know, it'd be great to have more people on the, the Moreland's Radio social media feeds because if that means we're reaching more people and hopefully telling the uh, stories of our fantastic non-league clubs right across the board, their story, and people uh, can learn and find out a bit more about the clubs. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Rich, for everything you do for Congleton Town. It's always a great listening to, to, to your commentaries and, and interviews and, and seeing everything you post on social media. So a huge thank you. And thank you for coming on, on the podcast as well. No, thank you for inviting me on. As I said, I do love talking about non-league football. And, you know, when you're talking about the uh, Congleton Town burgers, the great and the football's uh, just as good as well. But the football will probably go uh, above the burgers when Congleton do get promotion in April. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. 
There's no game for the men's first team this weekend, but the reserves are at home against Garswood United in the Cheshire Football League. After a 6-4 win last weekend, the ladies' first team are back in action on Sunday. They're at home to AFC Crew in their final fixture before Christmas. It's been a weather-disrupted few weeks for the ladies' reserves team and they'll be hoping their trip to Timperley Villa gets the go-ahead on Sunday. Thanks for the continued support and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. Stop!